You're listening to Art Smitten on Sin Nation with Lauren and Aaron. We've got a new guest. He's Declan Green. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him, Lauren? Yes, Declan Green, award-winning playwright, also the current resident artist at Malthouse Theatre. He is the director and dramaturg of Conviction, a caustically funny examination of contemporary feminism and self-authorship. Declan, welcome to Art Smitten. Hi, thanks so much for having me, guys. No problem, no problem. So first up, your show, Conviction. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, sure. Well, the show is by um, Zoe Dawson, who's an incredible writer. And she wrote Conviction as part of her master's at VCA maybe three years ago. And she and I have been working on the show ever since. And so it's had quite a long development period and it's kind of gone through a lot of different incarnations. But the one that it sort of uh, landed on is the one that we're producing at the moment. And it's a play about... um, uh, two uh, convict women in the 1830s who arrive uh, on the desperate shores of Australia and kind of initiate a plot to try and pass themselves off as free settlers really? when a kind of a sinister red coat arrives. And yeah, their, 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 their plans sort of start to fall apart. But there's also another narrative that sits outside this, which is about a playwright named Zoe Dawson. Um, who is, of course, the writer of the of the play, attempting to pass herself off in a similar way to these two women as a serious dramatist and to, I guess, dealing with what you might call uh, imposter syndrome, the idea that she's, yeah, trying to... Yeah, but trying to attract the kind of attention and status that somebody who deals with big epic colonial themes is normally uh, afforded, but uh, it ends up kind of falling apart as the play kind of does. Yes, I've actually read somewhere that Zoe Dawson has said that this play makes up sort of an unofficial trilogy of plays uh, based on her life. Are you allowed to reveal what the, I guess, the third instalment of this trilogy may include? Well, this actually is the third one. Oh, this is the third. Oh, my apologies. So the first first one was um, The Unspoken Word is Joe, which was the first collaboration that Zoe and I had, which was uh, a show that went on initially at La Mama in 2012. And it was Zoe's first play. And it was incredible. It was like a, this, like a complete bolt out of the blue, amazing piece of new playwriting. And it had this tiny little season initially at La Mama, and then it went on to it went on and did a season at Brisbane Festival, and it went on and uh, did a season actually much earlier this year in January this year at Griffin Theatre in Sydney. So it's kind of um, had this really long life, which is wonderful for a kind Pretty of independent amazing. work. And and the first one to get to La Mama as well, which is quite. Quite incredible, it just, right? <laughs> it was just like it was an amazing. Zoe kind of showed it to me when it was um a really really early draft, and even just like just then, it was its potential was so completely immediate. She's like an incredibly incredibly funny writer and has an amazing ear for dialogue and and comedy can be one of the hardest things you can nail, especially when you're just starting out. And she just has such an amazing kind of sense of play and fun. Um, kind of on the page. And anyway, that play was a directly autobiographical work, where, oh, wow. which was about a playwright named Zoe Dawson, <laughs> um, who was putting on a play that she'd written called The Unspoken Word is Joe. And uh, the audience came in and watched a play reading of that play. And then the play reading completely fell apart in the, in the sense that it turned out that all the uh, actors reading the different parts had kind of relationships with one another and they were quite combative. And mm. so it all kind of like turned into this amazing kind of farcical kind of post-dramatic kind of soup but uh, in in a sense it was kind of about Zoe kind of writing about her own anxieties and trying to uh, uh, position herself as a writer and as a creative person and as a, and as a woman kind of in the greater kind of creative and social landscape of Australia. Yeah. And then she wrote a play last year that went on Melbourne Theatre Company's uh, neon season called Calamity. Mm. 
And that was uh, looking at the figure of Doris Day um, in in the film (laughs) Calamity Jane. But that was kind of an examination of the figure of Doris Day. And uh, I guess looking back on that, uh, who uh, in terms of the film Calamity Jane, which was something Zoe really loved when she was a kid, and then as an adult realised was quite problematic in terms of its depiction of uh, women... And uh, so it kind of looked at looked at that kind of through the lens of her own life, and and then conviction is kind of the third part of this, and which is kind of I think takes the concerns of those two previous projects and uh, deals with them in a really kind of different and interesting yeah. fashion. Beautiful. And you work with her quite closely. Have you also directed all the other two plays, or was it just you were supportive in that role, or is it? Just in this um, last one that you've come into it. No, I directed um, the unspoken word is Joe, yeah. and uh, I didn't direct. Zoe directed Calamity herself with uh, Romney Harper, who's also the designer of Conviction, and uh, was the lighting designer of um, the unspoken word is Joe. Mm. And now, obviously, Zoe and I've been working on Conviction together. So actually, Zoe, Romney, and I have actually been sort of apart from I, I wasn't part of Calamity, but other than that, we've sort of all been talking about all these projects for yeah. quite a period of time now, which has been really, really great. So how do you think it's developed from the first play that, that was put on and to the third one? Like, how do you think, do you think it's much more tighter or has it still got that spark about it that it had in the first one that you felt? Because as a director, you would feel, you know, that you take ownership of it as well. I think, um, I think the material and the p- politics of the work have become a lot more complex. Mm. Um, over time and I guess because Zoe's been growing as an artist over those four years and I've been growing as an artist and Romney has been growing as an artist and so I think that the conversations have got a lot more kind of complex and Mm -hmm. Conviction is like an incredibly complex work it's very very kind of entertaining and especially initial initially when we're uh, staging these scenes from a kind of bosom heaving kind of uh, convict drama (laughs) this kind of like ridiculous kind of almost like uh, secret river-esque kind of pioneer drama it's um it's really fun and really camp and really silly but it goes to some really kind of intensely dark places it's sort of in a way conviction is kind of about the idea of zoe feeling like she's an imposter as a writer feeling like she has to change who she is as an artist to succeed in the australian theater landscape but then also that she has to succeed as a woman in a very particular way in order to attain success and relevance in australia and kind of the psychological extremes that the work kind of delves into because of that can be pretty punishing and pretty brutal actually mm. by the end of the yeah. play. You're listening to Arts Bitten here on Sin Nation with Lauren and Aaron. We are joined in the studio with Declan Green, director and dramaturg of Conviction, but also resident artist at the Mols House Theatre and just generally great Sin alumni. That's what we found out earlier in the show. And also very accomplished playwright in his own right. Hi guys. Oh, hello again. Like, how do you what go do you from say that? Say something like that. It's like you never left us. Yeah. How about you tell us a little bit about how you you were previously a sinner? Because I learned about that. Well, we both learned about that just a matter of five minutes ago. You actually had a show on sin. That's right. I had I had a wonderful time doing a show with Ash Flanders, who's a one half of the theatre company I've been running for the last like nearly ten years now. Which Sisters is, Grimm. Yeah. Sisters yeah. Grimm. <laughs> Plug that one. <laughs> and um, yeah. We used to host a show on here called Gay as a Whistle, which was... Um, <laughs> Just the title gets me. <laughs> it was so fun. It was, um, we did, it was like a gay punk radio show and we just used to play like the Butchies and Heavens to Betsy and Bikini Kill and yeah, just rant and 
and it was basically the the founding dynamic of our friendship, just the two of us kind of just ranting about things that annoyed us. You know what would be beautiful if you did a sort of throwback where you did one more episode but did like a podcast or something or like came in to the show, <laughs> like because you could probably come in, I could like somehow invite and you'd be like, they're guests and like you can just take oh over God. the studio I and think do we were gay listening, as a whistle. <laughs> listening to Ash and I now, we've become so much more hateful in our old age. I think it would just be like <laughs> listening to a torrent of pure bile being poured into your ear. I don't think it would be fun for anyone. <laughs> So we'll put that as a maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we actually want to talk uh, a little bit about you now. I have a question for you. How are you so darn accomplished and so young? Because I'm not really that young, you guys. Yeah, you are. Such youthful features. Yeah. Don't lie to us. We <laughs> want to know your secrets. Guys. <laughs> the beard doesn't deceive us. <laughs> <laughs> because um, what have we got? You've like produced it. Oh, what is it? Melbourne Theatre Company, Griffin Theatre. Is that right as well? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Also overseas. I don't know where overseas. No, Washington DC. Is that right? Yeah, Bush yeah, Theater, yeah. Yep, Bush Theatre. Bush right. Theatre in London. Yep. How, how? Like what? T- take us through the process because you did you not do writing at uni or you did. No, I did. Um, I actually did an art history degree at university, but I was kind of always involved in theatre on the side because I loved doing theatre in high school and stuff. I, I guess it all sort of really started with meeting Ash Flanders. Like we did a really bad comedy festival show together <laughs> and had a huge falling out. But then afterwards, kind of realised that there was maybe the something in in our friendship that could translate into making shows and so we started Sisters Grimm and started doing scratch shows in like uh, basements and under bridges and sort of assembling whatever resources we could marshal together to create these really silly fun gay queer kind of cinematic homages like paying tribute to um, women in prison films (laughs) Uh, we did a show called Cell Block Booty in a car park under the flats on Hoddle Street and we did um yeah we did shows in yeah we did a show in a garage in Thornbury and um yeah and then on the side I was still kind of writing my own plays so I I guess the things kind of just sort of fed into each other a little bit I I think my playwriting sort of started to get noticed because Sisters Grimm was getting noticed and yeah yeah but I don't know I just when um, was the what was the transition between doing it in say a garage in Thornbury and and then jumping over to Bush Theatre in London like where was the the moment where it was just like you were sort of I guess being taken seriously as an artist and so you were being put in these because that's amazing to be put in you know MTC malt house like well, they sort of happen different at different times for the different kind of creative uh, sort of streams I have like on one hand I do playwriting and I, I kind of work within the structures of kind of traditional theater and um, like you know creating essentially like narrative based theater work um, or drama yeah. and then on the other hand I work with Ash on Sisters Grimm stuff which is much more kind of like anarchic and DIY and queer and which is much more about kind of challenging that other world that I work in and trying to test its parameters and mm. and create new experiences and try and bring new audiences into that medium that can sometimes be very fusty and very boring. Just touching on that point about yeah creating theater as an experience I read in a previous interview that theater could be the equivalent of going to a live gig do you think that in your time of playwriting, creating different types of theatre, that the attitude toward theatre going or perhaps even like the stereotype of a theatre goer mm. has shifted? And if so, yes, why? 
I think that, like, one of the things I was really, really proud of that we did with Sisters Grimm was that we, um, because I think partially we were doing shows outside theatre spaces, we attracted theatre audiences or people who actually, not really theatre audiences, just people who otherwise would have avoided going to the theatre like the plague because they thought, thought of it as stuffy and elitist, which is not entirely untrue. So that was kind of really, really nice. And also I sort of, because Ash and I just had friends and friends of friends from outside the theatre world. Actually, we, when we started out, we didn't know anybody in the theatre world at all so it it was just sort of word got out and that's why we started kind of just cramming people into these weird little spaces who would never normally go see a show before but did kind of approach going to a Sisters Grimm show like they were going to a gig or or something like that or a cabaret show or whatever and uh yeah and I think what's been kind of nice about them working in places like even when we've done shows at the Malthouse or the MTC or Sydney Theatre Company or wherever we still get those people coming to our shows which is really really awesome but then also it's nice that we're I think on the other hand uh, working within the structures of those companies we get to also kind of open up or or, or try and I guess convert <laughs> or or at least challenge the politics of the more kind of like staid buttoned down theatre goers who would normally go to those spaces but would never normally deliberately go to see something like Sisters Grimm and are only going to see it because the theatre company has uh, yeah. put a little stamp of verification on it and said that this is okay for you to watch so that's kind of been sort of the interesting thing for for us but in terms of the theatre ecology at large I think that um there are theatre companies like I'm a little bit biased towards the Malthouse of course working there but I think Malthouse do um really amazing uh, really kind of fantastic transgressive politically kind of uh, forthright work that and I think that the audience there is completely diverse you see a lot of young people you see um you really can't actually stereotype their audiences a lot at all yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's really really great. Beautiful. I think I yeah, I hope it's changing. I really hope so. Well, we hope so too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've just been in conversation with Declan Green, but before we let him go, we have our famous, infamous, exquisite corpse contribution. So we are going to ask you, Declan, to contribute a line to our ongoing story. It's a line by line story that we've been doing with all of our guests throughout this season. So I'm going to read out the previous contributed line on our show that was by Gabby Barton from Retro Futurismus and this is her line he found it difficult to masticate the spaghetti that was already in his mouth so whatever comes to mind you follow on with that uh riddled as he was with punishing anxiety about the hornet's nest oh goodness gives me shivers (laughs) that was live from the brain of Declan Green (laughs) <laughs> it was beautiful. I'm going to think about that. I'm such a reviser. I'm yeah. really bad at thinking You're things up the You're going to listen back to this and be like, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have. Oh, God. Exactly. I'm going to think about what are the 50 metaphors better ones inside? over the next day. Oh, it's well, going to enrage so... me. So thanks for that, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> and you can catch Conviction. Uh, Conviction is being performed at the Northcote Town Hall, Main Hall, 189 High Street, Northcote, starting the 21st of July and is running until the 6th of August. Declan Green, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for chatting with me. us. Ugh, it's lovely. It's been Jeez. absolutely lovely. <laughs>